Today on the Scotsman, Utah State's basketball program's heading in opposite directions as Ryan Odom's men's team sits at 14-3 and with the Mountain West available for the taking. Kayla Ard's women's team falls to 3-12 and as they struggle with consistency on both ends of the floor. But we're going to finish this episode with an interview with first-year USU Gymnastics coach Kristen White as the Aggie gymnasts prepare for the Best of Utah meet this weekend in West Valley. But first, was a handful of former Utah State Aggies wrapped up the NFL regular season over the weekend, and a couple of former Aggies have some playoff aspirations. He is Aggie super fan, Mr. <laughs> who Scoot and Boogie Tran. How you doing, Who? Was it? Take a breath now, sir. Take a breath. That's a long <laughs> intro. That's some, uh, all right, that, that is Brian Priest, B Priest, 24 on the Twitter. Um, uh, Should I write less on my intro? I mean, is that what we're... as long as you have the breath for it, I, I, I'm, like, I'm exhausted for you. Uh, but yeah, what's up, man? Um, uh, yeah, we got a great show today. I'm with some good stuff. And yeah, like you said, we're starting with uh, the last regular season locals in the NFL for Utah State. Um, uh, week eight. It's been a long, long NFL season. 18 weeks <laughs> of an NFL season. There's some, I don't know what it is, but one more week tacked on to 17 makes it seem like it it's just, a it's month a longer. Right, like I, in, I don't know. We, and, we, and you and I work in sports. I mean, like um, we do a locals NFL package every week. Um and we got done with it, um, and you know we're doing a little decompress down down uh, in, uh, the TV side. And I'm like, all right, so now locals changes because you know the regular locals and the NFL package encompasses encompasses all the uh, locals that we were state. You know everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we're like now the teams are half half gone, right? So we're, we're presumably losing a lot of locals. Um, but um, uh, we still have two two Utah State locals and. Playing prominent roles, at least in the last week. Yeah, two Aggies still playing in the NFL. I mean, obviously, we're talking about... Oh, actually, no, Wagner's out, sorry. Yeah, Bobby Wagner not in the playoffs. Uh, So it's Devin Tompkins, the lone Utah State player, a guy who spent the first... 15 weeks of the season yeah, on the like that, on the yeah. practice squad, activated for the last That's three weeks of the season. Impressive in itself to stay on the yeah. practice squad as long as long as that, and then I'm um, uh, to get a chance to then like we talked about this, like we called our shot three or four weeks ago. Like okay, he was returning kicks, and he did a pretty bang up job in his first some um, week, uh, getting kickoff return a pretty good amount of uh, number of yards, uh, and they were like, oh, you know, this is a, a chance for expanded role, and he's got him. He's he he got another another jet sweep um, uh, this week. Uh, one or two catches, uh, at least uh, uh, four catches, and he had one. Time, uh, he had a ball that like went right off his fingertips in the end zone uh, from Blaine Gabbert. So who knows? <laughs> like, um, uh, but well, uh, we all know what an accurate passer Blaine Gabbert right, can be. Exactly. So, <laughs> but um, uh, just some. Uh, I was like, all right, cool. Like he's getting a lot of playing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of that was um, uh, Tampa Bay because they they pulled the quarter really early. If, if Blaine Gabbert's in, um, I, I I heard this some uh, fact over the weekend or over the, during the game was. That was the first QB snap that didn't go to Tom Brady all year. Tom Brady, I know going into the last week of the season, and I realize this is a Utah State podcast and Tom Brady has nothing right, to do right. with the Aggies. But just on that point, I, a stat I heard going into the last week of the season was that Tom Brady at 45 years old, I think he is, was <laughs> one of 11 quarterbacks who have started every game for his team in the league this yeah, year. So I, It's just insane what he's able to do. But, you know, back to, to Devin Tompkins, we've talked, yeah, yeah. we've talked about his role and the way that it has expanded. 
did each week that he's been active from strictly special teams to he he took 46 offensive snaps, had nine mm-hmm. targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether your starters are on the field or not, you're getting targeted right. nine times in an NFL like, game. That says to me that the coaching staff wants to see what they have. Yeah, he's not, he's not going to replace Mike Evans, but um, uh, he's going to be out there, you know, when they run three, four wide receiver sets, Evans on one side, um, uh, Godwin either in the slot or the other side. You know, there's a lot of places um, uh, that Devin Thompson can go, and we're mm-hmm. seeing it. And then now he has a chance to you know make some make a run in the playoffs against the Cowboys. So. Yep. Yeah, so Tompkins, the Bucks, and the Cowboys, first round of the playoffs. Is that a Saturday or Sunday game, do you know? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked at the NFL <laughs> yeah, schedule exactly. at all. But. Like, again, I mean, it's, it's exhausting. So I was, like, it, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, when it happens, it happens. <laughs> um, but Bobby Wagner also, um, uh, you know, I mean, a really big game for Bobby Wagner personally. Going back to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like, and, you know, much like Donovan Mitchell when he came back to Utah last night. Um, or Tuesday night, um, excuse me. Um, but Donovan didn't spend 10 years here and win a ring. No, no, he did not. And that's but, what uh, Bobby uh, Wagner right, did right. in Seattle. He, yeah. he was all pro for how many seasons? He won a Super Bowl. He led that defense. I mean, the, the Legion of Boom, and he was one of the faces of that right. defense. And Wagner wanted to stay there in, in Seattle. Like, he talked about it uh, in the weeks leading up um, and how, um, uh, how big the moment was for him and um, uh, how like he considered Seattle like a I mean, you know, second home and everything. So. That was a big um, big game for him, and uh, I'm glad that he got a, a warm reception from um, uh, the Seattle crowd and everything. And, um, you know, it's a shame that it had to end the way it did. And, and we've been talking about it a couple weeks, too. Like, where's he going to go next? Like, he's he, he can still play. He can still go. So couple other Aggies played in games this weekend. A lot of Utah State players out with injuries for the season, but uh, Dallin Levitt played 18 special team snaps as a, a safety with the Packers, you know, just getting down on special teams trying to make a tackle. And then Patrick Scales, the Chicago Bears long snapper, played five special team snaps in the Bears season-ending loss. But, hey, Scales has something to look forward to if he remains a Bear, because yeah, Chicago's got the number one overall pick. Congrats. I, that's good, right? I was about to say, like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, he's on the team with the number one pick. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> hey, it's the NFL. You can turn a franchise uh, yeah, around I'll, in one offseason. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, like, his, his job is probably not on the line for that number one pick with that number one pick there. So, like, little job security there for him. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, Aggies in the NFL doing pretty well. And, you know, we still got one more to look forward to um, uh, uh, during the playoff right now. Uh, we'll move on to Utah State basketball. The women's team, Kayla Ard, they are 3-12 and now. Another couple of conference losses. A blowout at the hands of Colorado State, 37-point loss. They did have four players score in double figures, so, so some good things going there. But when... It, again, as I look through these box scores for this Utah State women's team, they just... They had so much. They lost so many players from last season, and when I look at the box scores, everybody who's producing is either a, a graduate transfer or a senior. So you wonder how many are even going to be coming back next year. And yeah. um, so this it's a long term rebuild for Utah State. Prima Chellis has been playing well. Maria Cavallo has been scoring some points and and, and playing well, but. Um, last report I saw, I think, against Boise State was that Carvalho was in a boot on the bench oh. as well. So I'm not sure what her right. availability is. Just really, really difficult. And, and you know, like, again, this year, it's not about this year. It's just like, you know, hey, you know, where, where, where can we see improvements? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, then, you know, let, let, let Coach him, uh, get her, get what she wants to get ready for the future. And, 
you know, you're, you're probably going to have to, if you're Utah State, you're going to have to deal with, you know, more grad transfers next year. Um, and I think maybe, the, uh, what do you think, is, is the JUCO way to go? Like, go find somebody who's got a couple years of eligibility on a JUCO team that needs playing time or needs to move, move to a different program. So. And with that transfer portal, I don't know that you just have to, like, limit yourself to JUCO at this point. Yeah, I mean, you, it's you can, guess, yeah. It's just, let's... I think you do really have to focus on the transfer portal right. in terms of making get, sure that you have a Division One roster next some, year. Get some athletes that might have mm-hmm. a, maybe at least a couple more years of, yeah. of eligibility to to really build something there. And yep. it's hard to it's hard to like I mean you know even if they go on a run or you know you see some improvement at the end of this year, it's going to be hard because you know you're losing these these girls because of graduation and, and that's just uh, the long and short of it. Uh, just one game for the Aggie women this week. They're going to be playing at 5-9 and nine Nevada. Uh, that'll be 2 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. So uh, you'll have a chance. Go out to Reno and see if you can pick up your first Mountain West Conference victory of the season. And then the Utah State men's team just keeps on rolling. 14-3 and three right now. They did fall. I, I, I say keeps on rolling because they... You know, destroyed Wyoming at <laughs> home did, last they, night, uh, but we we kind of we yeah. can't really skip over that Boise State game, can we? That was um, like I said, it was going to be a test for them, and it was. It was a test. They and they got um, uh, you know, run out of the building by um, uh, um, the no longer talkable arena. Um, all that talk about the <laughs> extra mile uh, arena. Uh, all that talk about the chalupa wrap shots and everything last week was. Was all for naught. <laughs> Does it offend you if I had taco time for dinner? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you know, as long as they pay us money, we're good. Okay, okay. <laughs> some sort of um, uh, some sort of um, uh, restaurant. Yeah. Uh, that, so Boise State. It, it was. This was just a difficult game for the Aggies, and yeah, start, start uh, you know, finish. I watching this game, I tried to sit down and watch it back a second time, and wasn't able to. I just haven't had the time yet, but. It looked like, as as I was going through this game, that Boise did a great job of really pressuring the Aggies on the perimeter. They were double-teaming and trapping uh, and forcing the ball out of shooters' hands. You know, guys like Max Shulga and Stephen Ashworth and forcing Utah State to move the ball and put the ball on the floor a little bit more than they typically like to. And they just got completely out of sorts. And, and an observation that one of the announcers made that I thought was really spot on was in the first half, Utah State was just missing shots. They were they were still getting looks, and they, they weren't going down. In the second half, it looked like the mindset shifted a little bit and there was a a lack of belief in themselves because the shots weren't falling because things weren't going well Boise State very physical pressuring the Aggies causing turnovers it just wasn't a great game at all yeah and how do you get out like how like if you're a young team I'm mean, not young young but there's still um, uh, a bunch of young men on this team and we've talked about like, that to be their Achilles heel this year right mm-hmm. that the, the, the shots don't go down like that second half once Weber State just always sticks in my mind about uh, when the shots don't fall down what what do you do next and uh, that's going to be the challenge for the, that team as a whole this year to all right you know we 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 we've seen what happens when we do shoot well and it comes out to do you keep at, keep at going at what you're doing because you know if you start hitting shots how fast it can change and how how good you can be, or do you figure out like okay we our shots aren't going down, when do we start going to plan B? Or- the the difficult thing from when I'm watching this Utah State team is I 
not really sure with you and I here talking today what, what plan, plan B is. is. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've seen them. They're, they're very good. Ryan Odom coach teams are good at taking what defenses give them. Mm-hmm. Utah State isn't a team that's going to force the jump shot if it's not there. They're happy to go inside if that's what the defense is giving them. But if if you've got a team like New Mexico, for example, that has a very big front line, if if New Mexico is defensively able to take away the three-point shot from Utah State, then the Aggies really would not have right. any answer on the interior. And that's, that's one of the concerns I have. Another concern is Ryland Jones injured once again. He went down against Boise yeah. State. He missed the game last night against Wyoming with concu- in, in concussion protocol yeah, once again. It his second too. time this season, and he didn't look good when he got up. No, it, was, it looked pretty scary. Like He was out for a while. Like, I, remember, I remember looking at the other like, whoa, he's, he's still down. Like, okay. And, um, you know, we, you know, we're uh, a week way removed from, you know, an NFL player getting something pretty scary happen to him. Terrifying. Um, and, you know, we, we go to sports like, I mean, at first you think broken neck or, or concussion, which ironically, if that had happened, the game would still be played. Um, uh, but in, in basketball, like you see a player going on with concussion, that's pretty bad. And like you said, second one and... Um, well, it's his second one in a month and a half. Right, yeah. And and it does compound. Yes. And so uh, this is where we talk about that depth for Utah State, you know, hurting. Um, uh, I guess Wyoming, not going to hurt you. But, you know, once you get started getting that, if, if you want to really make a run at the, the tournament here, which is, uh, you know, what, a couple months away now? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to have to, like, really figure that out. And there's just there's no easy way to figure it out in season uh, if you're Utah State. So, um, which is a shame. Like, I'm a, you don't want that year to get derailed um, uh, because of injury. Been prayers up to him, uh, thoughts up to him, uh, uh, to Ryland. And hopefully they can keep him safe. Emma. And if he can't come back, great. And yeah, if he can come back, awesome. If right. if it's not safe for Ryland Jones to play, yeah, yeah, then then not, he shouldn't. He yeah, just there's no reason it's, for it's a 22, mountain, 23, 24 year old kid right. to risk a it's future like West that. Basketball, like you're not Utah State's some um, very unlikely to be fighting for an at large spot. Like you know, like you know, what really they should be worried about is the Mountain West tournament. And I'm um, obviously, you know, if they win enough games, that they'll have a chance. But um, that's why you don't want to rush or you know do anything, yeah. quote unquote, record wise, to try to get somebody back in sooner than later. So, well, yeah. one thing I would like to see with Ryland Jones missing a few games right now is I would really love to see RJ Idlerock. He he is he's. Last year, spent most of the season as a starter. He's been coming off of the bench this year. And you love to see a player like Idle Rock keep his head in the game and just do what the team needs. But what I would really like to see from him is he's somebody who just simply has not been a scoring threat in his career with the Aggies. Mm -hmm. And he's he's not a shooter. Ryland Jones is not a good three-point shooter either. Idle Rock's probably a little bit worse, but what I'd like to see Idle Rock do is I think he's got some size at the point guard position that if if there's a back to the basket game, maybe you can use Idle Rock a little bit in the post at, on, on a small point guard because Idle Rock's got good size. He, he's, he's a little bit thicker for a point guard, and maybe he can give you a little bit in the post, a little bit of a plan B, and then perhaps you get that that offensive and just you give yourself another oh, weapon. That's interesting. I think I'm uh, you know that's a good 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 call to try to be a little more dynamic. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But one one thing before we move on, I wanted to point out about this Boise State game if, for anybody who watched. 
it. And I don't know the reasoning behind this, mm-hmm. but there was no love lost between these two programs. <laughs> yeah, these guys it was didn't super chippy, yeah. Yeah, it was very chippy. Dan Akin was I, he's a guy that's always talking. He's always talking to the officials. He's always talking to opponents. But he something was wrong with Dan Akin in that game against Boise State. I don't know if something happened and he he let something get in his head or if he was just off his groove or whatever. But Akin was fired up all game long. I was surprised he didn't get a technical in a couple of different moments. And I, I think it'll be interesting. So Aggie fans... Boise State's coming to the Spectrum March fourth. That's the last game before the Mountain West tournament. Yeah. So schedule March or circle March fourth <laughs> yeah. on that calendar. Man. A, I, we've got some exciting games. J.C. Carroll Jersey retirement right, on February eighteenth. Yep, yep, yep. New Mexico coming here on February first. UNLV is the next home game next Tuesday, and then we got Boise State that last game. Man, this season, the Mountain this West schedule going, is so going much crazy fun. right now. This is, uh, like like when you said like the beginning, we're like, oh my god. At the beginning of March, like yeah, we are. I mean, that's still it's still a little more, than, a little less than two months away, but still, like yeah, it's. Um, uh, and I, I even text them, uh, you know, my buddy and you know, KSL producer Matthew Alglade, the former host host of the Scotsman, and, the legend uh, Matt yeah, the legend. Right, he would always um, do the uh, the Scottish opens um, uh, to, to open the show. But um, <laughs> uh, he, um, uh, I asked him like, was there? Anything? Like, I, I didn't get to watch a, a lot of that game on for Boise because I was well, working, and, but he did. I was like, was there any reason for the extra trip? And he goes, not that I know of, but it's like, you know, maybe they just, you know, maybe there's some, uh, some, I mean, I know if you're, I know Utah State likes to have some rivals and this is, I don't know, is, is, it, is it the closest rival? I, I think back in the day, it used to be like Nevada. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, I remember when I'd be being a student, like Nevada, La Tech, the teams that I thought were really good, those are the teams that I, I, I like to see more chippiness against. So that could be it. It's got to be that. I mean, Boise State's probably the most natural geographical rival Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. terms of the Mountain West. I mean, unless you want to talk about Wyoming, but Wyoming, they haven't been at the same level in the Mountain West to develop that rivalry. So So, I, I I just thought it was interesting. Team after beating Wyoming by 20 last night, they'll head to Reno on Friday, January 13th, taking on the Nevada Wolfpack. A late 9 p.m. tip off for that one. My bedtime's nine o'clock. Oh man, I, like, I mean, how, like I can tell you, exasperated, like oh man, nine 8 p.m. Pacific, but man, that's <laughs> that's nine o'clock my time. They are t- <laughs> trying to take advantage of me. I know that they are, but who? Uh, I I don't want to take any more time. Let's. We've got a great interview well, with Utah State gymnastics. Head coach Kristen White. So we're going to go ahead and we'll talk about some uh, gymnastics with the best of uh, Utah meet coming up um, uh, this week. So it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. So really excited. We'll go ahead and throw to that interview with Utah State gymnastics head coach Kristen White. We are joined now by Utah State University gymnastics first year head coach Kristen White. How are you doing today, Coach White? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you all? Uh, We are happy to have you on the podcast, joining us today on The Scotsman. Really excited to talk about you and this number 34 program that you've got in the uh, WCGA preseason poll. And this is your first head coaching opportunity. Prior to this, you spent three Big 12 team championships at Oklahoma and your team also finished as the runner-up in the 2010 National Championships. As a senior at Oklahoma, you were an All-American on both the floor and the beam. You were a grad assistant for a couple of seasons. Let's start there. What led you from wanting to go from 
just a career as a gymnast to turning around and teaching athletes that sport? Yeah, so it, it's kind of a fun story for me to tell the whole time I was in college. And it was kind of in my senior season. I realized how much I love gymnastics then, right? College gymnastics had brought that passion back to the sport for me because, as you know, gymnastics is a – it's a grind from a very young age and you kind of go through some years where they get a little hard and tough and you feel like you're kind of missing out on things. So when I came to college, I found that passion for the sport again, you know, it just kind of started sparking my interest of, you know, maybe, maybe college was something that I wanted to do. You know, and I spent some time talking with my, had the opportunity to grad assistant and I, you know, I'm going to go get my master's degree and, and kind of figure out what I want to do from there. Do I want to go into coaching? Do I want to go into side? Both actually seem very similar to me because helping people, and that's kind of always been my personality. But, you know, I quickly learned during those two years of grad school, college gymnastics is, is what I want to do. And, you know, that was where my passion was. And, you know, it was during that time that, you know, I really learned a lot about myself and, and what I could give back to the younger generations. If, I had the opportunity. So that's kind of where it started. And then, you know, obviously after I graduated, I needed to learn how to coach. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to have a great career, but, you know, great careers don't always make great coaches. So I really needed to take the time to, to learn the sport and on the coaching side and learn how to teach athletes to learn how to do gymnastics. So I spent five years at the club level and then, Decided that I was ready to kind of jump back into the college world, and you, you jump back into the the college gymnastics world as an assistant with Iowa State, where um, the Cyclones end up finishing in the top twenty five each season. What did you learn as a coach in the three seasons there in Ames? You know, I learned that every year is different. You know, each year you have graduating seniors and then the next year you have incoming freshmen. So every team that you have is different every year. So you kind of have to learn, you know, what the new dynamic is, what your your new strengths as a team are and what your weaknesses are. So you know, it's kind of fun every year is a different challenge. You know, I think sometimes people get stuck in jobs that are very like monotonous and the same all the time and, you know, college athletics is is definitely not that you know it's it's changing every single day every single minute that you're doing this career and you know I think I learned pretty quickly the things that work for me as a coach and the things that don't work for me as a coach and you know I've always been able to come to one thing and that's that the way you treat people is always going to bring out the best in them so you know, I think I learned that pretty quickly within even the first few months that I was at Iowa State. And that's something that I've just always held on to. Each place that I've been at is just building those relationships with the student athletes and helping them to be the best version of themselves. As you said, like every year is a different time, a challenge. Everything is new. 2023 is going to be a, a brand new year for uh, Utah State Gymnastics, really. Uh, last year, they ended up as uh, the top uh, non-Power 5 team um, uh, in gymnastics. And you're taking over for a team um, uh, that's uh, losing um, uh, their head coach, obviously, uh, but also losing uh, six girls. But you brought back 12 other um, uh, girls to the team. What's it like taking over a team that um, had one of their best years ever last year and trying to, to rebuild uh, a program that um, uh, with, with new changes? You know, I think the great thing is that 
with the challenge, our team, you know, they still have the same belief that they had back in April. You know, they their eyes are on winning championships and continuing to build this program. So I think having the 12 athletes that we had return still be hungry for success for this program has been awesome. You know, they've really bought into the vision from our coaching staff from day one. And, you know, they've kind of really been there every step of the way. Have we had, you know, little hurdles that we've had to go through? Absolutely. But the buy-in from them has been incredible. And we were able to bring in three freshmen and three transfers as well. And they all kind of just molded together. You know, the team chemistry has been really great in the gym and outside the gym. There's starting to to hang out and really have that family feel and you know when you have that and you have that bond with your teammates anything is possible you know whether you have the most talented team or maybe not the most talented team that you had before you know when everyone's buying into that vision and they're all in together it can be something really special and i think that's something that we've been able to see in the gym you know every single day that we're in there they come in they work really hard and you know they're ready for the challenge and they're ready to step up and have a great season for utah state we're talking with utah state university gymnastics head coach kristen white and coach, you you finally get a chance to put your own stamp on a program after several years moving up through the coaching ranks. What was right about the opportunity in Logan for you and your family? You know, I think the minute I stepped on campus and I started getting to know administration and all the support staff that works with the program and really just the community, my husband and I absolutely fell in love with with Cash Valley. The people here are the nicest that you can find. So welcoming. It's a wonderful place to raise a family and and strong athletic program. You know, we have lots of sports that do very, very well here at Utah State. And, you know, in my mind, they they wanted to keep building this program. And that's something that I've wanted to do since day one. And, you know, I think just my experience as a student athlete and and grow the Oklahoma program into what it is today um, is something that I've always been intrigued by and wanted to be a part of. And I think just getting the opportunity to, to start my career here as a head coach and have the support that we have, it was it was a very easy decision for me to make. And, you know, I remember when I got the call that, I was getting offered the job. It was tons of emotion and excitement and, you know, a a little scary at the same time, right? Moving, starting over, building a new staff, all of those things. But, you know, I think through the whole process, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And I'm just really looking forward to the future of this program. That's that's awesome. Wonderful. I mean, uh, you know, Brian and I are um, uh, both graduates, um, <laughs> or we both went to school. We, we both attended. For attended a time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> at Utah State. Um, so we know the, the kind of magic that um, a Cash Valley can have, and uh, I'm sure you've seen um, uh, you know the other athletics, especially like basketball, and football, and um, uh, how the students really en- enjoy the sports there. I want to talk about another program that's uh, in, in the state that um, uh, you're, you might be very familiar with, coming from the Pac-12, uh, the Red Rocks in, in Utah. And the environment that they've created um, over the past few decades, is that an environment that um, uh, you can um, uh, help grow in Logan, Utah? Because, I mean, we see that the students can really um, affect the way um, uh, the basketball football games go. Yes. I mean, the University of Utah, when you talk about the gymnastics program, I mean, it is a dream to compete there, whether you're a student athlete at Utah or you're a visiting team. You know, the atmosphere that they have created for gymnastics is is amazing. You know, 15,000 people in the stands year after year after year is 
is awesome. And, you know, that that's my dream and goal here. You know, it's not just coaching gymnastics, but it's building Utah State into a legacy that our fans want to come out, they want to support, and they want to be a part of it. Because I think all of us know fans can change the outcome of any competition that you're at. And I think you see that with football and basketball. You know, our student section, hands down, one of the best student sections in the country. They are They are all in when they are at those competitions. And, you know, that's something that I want for our gymnastics program. I want them to come out. I, I want to fill the stands. You know, I want to have their support because I think we have a great product for our fans. It's a great family-friendly environment. Um, it's incredibly fun to watch gymnastics and really just think about the amazing things that these athletes can do, right? Um, you know, it's a hard sport that they got to learn at a very young age, and they work really, really hard to to try and be perfect at it every single time they're going. So, you know, I'm excited. I know that that the Utah State fans are are eager to get out and support all of our sports. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, our first home competition against BYU. It's going to be our Spectrum Magic Night. And, you know, I'm looking for a great crowd. And I hope that, you know, all of our fans come out and show us the support. Coach, let's go ahead and talk about the Rio Tinto Best of Utah meet. You've, you've been with the program since May, and now you finally get a chance to go out on the mat and compete against somebody else. You've got number 28 SUU, number 22 BYU, and the number three program in the country, Utah, in this meet that you're going to be facing. What kind of an opportunity is this to start the season against such highly rated programs? I think it's a great opportunity to be able to compete in front of your home state with all of the other programs in the state that have gymnastics. You know, it's an incredible event. Our student athletes get the opportunity to compete on the podium, which is something that you normally see kind of in the championships and postseason part of our of our teams. And, you know, we're just really excited to get out there, get started. You know, it's been a long preseason. We're all very eager to get out there, you know, show our routines and, and just start building, you know. There could be a couple of mistakes. We could have an amazing meet. But I think at the end of the day, we're just ready to get started and, and to see where we're at and where we can continue to go from here. All right, Coach, you, we've got that Rio Tinto Best of Utah. It's going to be Friday, January 13th, 7 o'clock down in West Valley at the Maverick Center. And then you already mentioned it, the first home meet of the season two weeks from that Friday. It'll be January 27th in the Spectrum against BYU. Anything else you want to tell the Spectrum, Aggie faithful before Spectrum we let you go? Spectrum Magic. Spectrum Magic is what I you call this. I love the Spectrum Magic. <laughs> yes, we're very excited for all of our home competitions. We have four this season, and you know, I think our fans are, are going to see some new and exciting things that we've changed with the program just over the last couple months, and you know, things that I think the fans are really going to enjoy, a little bit more engagement during our competitions, and you know, I'm just looking forward to feeling that Spectrum Magic. You know, I know that it's real and our athletes talk about it all the time. And I know that they're just eager to get out there and start performing in front of our home crowd. Well, Coach, thank you so much for who Tran I, uh, and myself, Brian Priest, really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to talk with us. And best of luck to you on Friday night. Thank you so much. It was great getting to talk to the both of you. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Same. Have a great evening. Thank you. All right, go Aggies. Go Aggies. Well, who, what do you think? Well, Utah State Gymnastics sounds like they're in good hands, don't right, they? Yeah, so um, uh, how amazing was Coach White? Like, So, number one, doing the job that she's going to do, um, uh, coming in, um, uh, f- um, almost fresh out, like I said. And um, uh, she she gave a great answer, like, yes, 
but it's a new challenge. And like I'm, uh, she talked about how the athletes are ready to go and how she's ready to embrace that spectrum magic. So that, that was really awesome. So go out and watch some uh, Utah State Gymnastics at the, at the Spectrum when they're in there. If you've never tried it, I think you'll really enjoy it. So um, uh, go out and, and check it out. So, uh, again, the best of Utah meet is going to come up on um, uh, Friday. That one's in West Valley. Mm-hmm. But, um, hey, if, 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 if it's not that far away from Logan. Make a 90-minute uh, drive. I yeah. think the weather's supposed yeah. to be good this weekend. And come down. And I, really, you get to see not just the four best gymnastics teams in the state, but you legitimately get to see some of the best teams in the country. Right. And we're, we're talking – Two top twenty-five teams and two and four top thirty-four teams in all of the United States coming into the Maverick Center. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting meet. Could this be magic like we saw from the football team a couple of years ago when they um, uh, got a new coach and um, uh, that team um, uh, outdid expectations? Um, uh, this year, the way the team ended last year, there's a lot to be hopeful for. So, who? Where can they find you on social media? Uh, that's a uh, Hootran. That's H U U T R A N Superman. That's H U U T R A N Superman. Um, uh, you know, I got to spell my name everywhere, like dinner reservations, everything just spelled, spelled that way. That way people know who I am. <laughs> I got called Trent last night. Trent? Yeah. Trent for two. I'm sorry. You're not a Trent, Trent? at all. Yeah. Like, like, as soon as I look at you, I don't see Trent. Yeah, my friend and I, she looked at me, she goes, is that you? I'm like, it could be me. Is this close? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Brian B. Priest, right? At B. Priest 24. 24. That's at B-P-R-E-E-C-E 24. And then you can follow my work at KSL Sports. Follow at KSL Sports. Mm-hmm. For all of kslsports.com's work, thank you for listening to The Scotsman.